look at the bulletin. There's a portion that you can tear out to give us some information about who you are, uh, have a record of your visit, and we'd love to know how to minister to you. Um, there's also, uh, you can turn that into a prayer request list, uh, whether you're a, a new member or whether you've been here, as long as the church has been here. Um, and so uh, please utilize that. Now, one of the things that we're, we were challenged with last Sunday was to maybe find somebody else new to sit around. So I'm, I want to I help you with that. All right, so find somebody, and, and here's something you probably don't know about other people in the congregation. Just ask and find out this information. What is, you ready for this? No, you're not. What is your favorite color of sock? So go and find that out. Just ask them, hey, that's something that can't be offensive, right? Just say, what's, what's, what's your favorite color of sock you like to wear? And find somebody to shake their hand and let them know you're excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning.
sing the chorus one more time. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus
God, you are great and you are mighty to be praised. Dear God, we stop this morning and we just lift up your name and praise you, dear God, for all that you do in our lives, for our many blessings, dear God, for the forgiveness that you pour out on us every day as we make mistakes and go our own way, dear God, we thank you for your forgiveness. We ask for it today. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. Father, I hope you are pleased with our, our praise and worship of you this morning, dear Lord. I just ask that you would continue to bless us and take these tithes and offerings to further your kingdom in your heavenly and gracious name. Amen.
How are we doing today? I blew English. How are we doing? Come on, how are you guys doing? Anybody? We got one good over there, one kind of good over here. Are you doing good? All right, I tell you what, if you're doing good, give me a thumbs up. Can you do that? See, you can't. All right, fantastic. Hey, listen, um, I got a question for you. you, you you're going to have to have been paying attention. Um, what did you study in Sunday school this morning? Anybody know? Just like just give me a name or anything. Yes. Samson or Samuel? That was your brother? Oh, oh, oh. All right, well, I'll tell you what we studied in the, in the youth this morning. So we studied about the Israelites and the Philistines and the Ark of the Covenant and how they took the Ark out to battle and then it got captured. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like something you may have read this morning? Yeah, all right, I thought so, I thought so. Now listen, what was the Ark of the Covenant? Anybody know what that is? All right, help me out. What was it? Man, ah, yeah, that was in the ark. Manna was in the ark. And it was it was this big box, right? It was this big box, and inside was, I just told you, there was some manna in there. Anybody else know what was inside the ark? Anybody? You remember? It was a stick. What kind of stick was it? It was Aaron's staff. Good, good. All right. And there were, the, there were, there were ten something, ten commandments got it all right all right had the had the ten commandments in there had Aaron's staff in there had had a jar of manna that represented God's presence and on this ark here this represented God's presence they would come and worship it and and, and worship there and, and, and use that as, as part of their worship and sacrifice system but the Israelites took it listen they they took the ark out to battle without really consulting God now listen I know you guys some of you probably eyeballed this what is this? A water gun. That's right. That's right. Now, they took the Ark of the Covenant out to battle, okay, but they didn't really consult with God, and so God's presence was not there. You could almost say they didn't take the Ark of the Covenant because they didn't take God with them. God's presence wasn't with the Ark, and it did become kind of like a box with a couple of rocks and some sticks and a jar in it because God's presence wasn't there. Now, Anybody want to be on the business end of this water gun? Uh, you ready? Are you? Anybody getting wet? I'm just, why not? There's no water in it. You're right. So really, it's just a piece of plastic. It needs water in it for it to be a water gun, um, which is a good segue to just talking about some of the things the youth are doing this summer. And so if you saw that on Facebook post, uh, you know, we would like you to, to sign up. But but yeah, this, when there's no water in it, it doesn't really do much. And so when God's presence isn't with that ark, then it, then it doesn't do much. Listen, something real similar can be said for you and for me. When we don't have God's presence working in our life, when God's Holy Spirit isn't working in our life, we can be doing all kinds of things and not glorifying and honoring God. If you come to church and you just sit and you don't and you don't have God's presence working in you, you're not truly worshiping, you know what? We can go other places and just sit and talk. We can we can do all kinds of things and just sit and talk and we can sing all kinds of songs, 
but God's spirit needs to be in us and in this place. So why don't we pray for that right now? Father, I just want to ask you that, uh, that, that your spirit would invade all of the hearts here, that, that your spirit will wash through the sanctuary as we praise you, as we worship you. And if there's someone here who's never given their life to you, I pray today would be the day of salvation, that they would give their life to you and they would receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, God, work among us, transform us, and may we, may we not be like an empty water gun, but may, us, may, may we be filled with the Spirit of God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand once again as we sing. Thank you all. Good job this morning. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur, and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God is son not sparing, could live to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. And sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my god how great thou art then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art how great thou art and sings my soul my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Join me as we pray. Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we come before you today. 
thanking you for our salvation, thanking you for opportunities, Lord, to just see your, your favor upon us, your miracle-working power through salvation, through helping us through some difficult times, empowering us, Lord, with the presence of your Spirit to, to press on. And Lord, help us today as a church, as we focus our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ to make much of him. And as we lift him up, may he draw all men unto himself. I pray and ask this in his name, the Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you to kind of follow along with me today without kind of our, I guess, routine that we normally do. And to have you to stand and when I read the word of God I'm not showing uh, any disrespect to the word of God but I just want to kind of tie some things together in Galatians 5 and 22 we want to continue today to talk about uh, fresh fruit we're in a sermon series that we've entitled exactly that fresh fruit every day we die to ourselves and as we die to ourselves, we allow the precious, wonderful person and power and presence of the Holy Spirit of God to be able to control us. At least that's what we're supposed to do. In recent days, the late, great Warren Wiersbe went to glory. How many of you have read Warren Wiersbe through the years? Those of you who teach and preach the Word of God, the B series. Anybody? All right, I see... Uh, our preachers, for sure, the B-series. That's kind of what I'm all about these days. It's not so much what we do, because that comes out of uh, ourself, but it's who we be. It's, it's allowing our lives to reflect the image of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And to do that through, as we looked at last week, the fruit of of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is. It says right there in Galatians and chapter 5, verse 22, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and don't forget the last one, self-control. It goes on to say, against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and the flesh's desires. And listen, if we live, it says, in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, flip back over to your left a bit. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 1 Corinthians 3 and the two verses that I want to draw our attention to right now is verses 16 and 17 do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Addressing that Corinthian church, the church that had become more like the world, rather than them influencing the world, the world had influenced them. He 
reminding them that they need to reflect the, the image of the Son of God and that they didn't have to work at it. But the one who the Lord had given to them through their relationship as a believer, the Holy Spirit of God had come to reside in their hearts. And he's reminding them there in 1 Corinthians 3, we ask that question. Again, look with me. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. We are too, this world, the only Jesus that they'll ever see. We're to be his hands. We're to be his feet. We're to love as he loved. We're to have peace as he has peace. We're to have this self-control, this long-suffering, this goodness, this gentleness. The late, great Warren Wiersbe said this, the contrast between results, we all desire this, right? We all desire this fruit. He says, the contrast between the results, works, byproducts, he says, and fruit is important. In other words, what the flesh can do and then what the spirit does in us is we die daily. There's a difference. There's a difference that is there is what he's saying. He says a machine is a factory that works and turns out a product, but it could never manufacture fruit. Fruit grows out of life. It grows out of life, and in the case of a believer, he says, it is the spirit that is in us that is alive. The one, he says, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will leave you like one in myself. He will reside in the temple, in your heart. And then he said there in verse 25, it's because he's there, walk in him. Walk in him. When you think of works, you think of effort. You think of labor. You think of strain. You think of toil. But when you think of fruit, you think of something beautiful. You think perhaps of a quietness, of the unfolding, if you will, of life. The life-giving power that is within us and the person of the Holy Spirit of God begins to unfold himself, release himself, is Watchman Nee says. The fruit grows in a climate that is blessed with the abundance of the Spirit and the Word of God. We were birthed through the Spirit of God drawing us through the truth of God's Word. We become believers. Then He did not leave us comfortless. He allowed us to continue to have the Word of God that is living and sharper than any, any two-edged sword. He allowed us to have the person of the Holy Spirit of God to walk in us day after day after day, even though we're left here in this flesh. And so that fruit grows in that climate that is blessed with the abundance of the Spirit and the Word. To live in the Spirit right here means to walk in the Spirit. But listen, not running ahead of the Spirit, 
nor should we lag behind. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a problem with wanting to run ahead of God. We have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. I don't have as much trouble about lagging behind because I'm running out of years. And as I run out of years, I know that everything I say and everything that I do is of great urgency, it's of great importance. If I ever come across to you as the bride of Christ that God gives me the privilege to be the interim pastor of, uh, of being a little overzealous and a little overbold, if, if I tip the scales and I get arrogant, please call me out. But my heart is pure. My time is short here upon this earth. My time may be even shorter of standing before you, the bride of Christ, and, and flowing uh, from the Lord feeding me to feed you the truth of his word during these days as we make preparation for the next senior pastor to come to this place. You see, every man who stands to proclaim the word of God or teach the word of God, there's coming a day when he has to give an account for the things he said or the things he didn't say. So I don't want to go and lag behind, nor do I want to get ahead. And so I am concentrating my days with you and in my life that I have ahead. I am saturating myself day in and day out in the word of God, in prayer, understanding what worship and praise is and fellowship with God's people. What it means to get to know God's people, even if it means what color socks do you wear? It's all about the meeting last Sunday afternoon, perception and reality. I can perceive you to be one thing, but if I get to know you, I may realize that the reality is that wasn't the perception that was true. And so we have to fellowship with one another. It also means pulling out the weeds so that the seed of God's word can take root and bear fruit. I closed the message last Sunday morning saying this that I can only throw out the seed. It's where it lands on our hearts. What's the condition of the soil of our hearts? Is it ready to receive the truth of God's word? And so in our last message, you'll recall that we were in John's gospel, the 15th chapter, and there we saw that Jesus used the analogy of a vine, and that vine was to illustrate our life our life that we have in him. And he identified himself that he is the vine. He says we are the branches. And then we talked about how God is also the pruner, how he would take and he would prune our lives. And boy, we sure didn't like that last part about the loppers. If we don't listen to the word of God, then the loppers come out. And we have all kinds of difficulties and divisions and problems uh, that come our way. And then if we don't learn from that, well, we need to start asking, do we have that life-giving power in us at all? So here's where I want to go. I mean, no disrespect when I use this term. Falling in Jesus' analogy, I'm going to refer to now the Holy Spirit as the sap, S-A-P. I'm not calling him a sap, but I'm saying that he is the sap 
that is running through out of that vine into these branches. And so here it is. It circulates between the vine, Christ, and the branches, us. And that is, listen, it is the Holy Spirit of God. Don't be afraid of him. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead. Okay? I was asking my ordination council years ago, uh, early, green, fresh, when you stand to preach one day, which part of the Godhead will you emphasize? It was a trick question, I think, by all of those muckety-muck preachers. Man, I wrestled with it a few minutes. And I said, well, you can't come to the Father except by the Son. And you can't have the Holy Spirit unless you accept the Son in a relationship with Him. It made sense to me. I said, Jesus. And they got a big old smile on their face through my little simpleton rationalization there but I still hold to that truth. Make much of Jesus, and he'll make much of us. We lift up the name of Jesus. We, we strive to understand what Jesus was teaching us about the vine, about the branches, about the person that he, uh, he himself has left behind, the one who's like unto himself, that can be more than one place, who resides in the temple of our hearts, and so that abiding presence that we looked at last week of the Holy Spirit in our life, it is him who produces the fruit of the Spirit. Now look again with me at 1 Corinthians 3.16 where it asks the question, do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Well, Ask this question to yourself. If you're looking into God's Word, you're desirous to understand God's Word, you're desirous to, to understand what Jesus is teaching, how can we understand the proper production of God's fruit in our lives? Number one, understand the power of spiritual fruit. Understand the power of spiritual fruit. I'll not drag my feet much right here, but notice it says the fruit of the Spirit it's got nine components, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22, 23. We are, as believers, we show evidence then through the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. I'm afraid, dear friend, that we've tried to, to produce this ourselves just like a factory would. Well, I think I'm going to try real hard to love this person. I think I'm going to try real hard to, to remain long-suffering through this time. Well, try all you want. You'll never do it. We have to quit trying, and we need to accept the gift of who we have in our hearts, and that's the Spirit of God, and we need to die daily and relax and grow in him. Now, so what's the difference between fruit and fruits? Well, you got a tree. It may bear many apples, but it's the fruit 
of the same tree. And you see, for the believer, the Holy Spirit is the source of all spiritual fruit in our lives. Now, an apple, if I had one up here, we could, we could look inside there. There's a core, there's seeds, there's flesh, there's a peeling, but all that together still makes it an apple. It's an apple. So the same is true of the Holy Spirit. All of the fruit of the Holy Spirit must be represented or pre present in our lives if we are, listen, allowing the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit, allowing the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit in our lives. First, uh, excuse me, John 15, 8, going back a bit from last week, uh, verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear mu uh, much fruit, so you will be my disciples. The fruit of the Spirit sums up everything that we need to be if we want to be like Jesus. And so God desires that this world be populated uh, with millions of people who are like Jesus and bearing his fruit. We can, you know, evangelism, disciples, all these kind of things we talked about in the vision meeting last week. I say, which is more important, yes. You got to lead them to disciple them or you can disciple them and then they get saved. They're inseparable. Now where we've made our mistake is we have led them and then not fed them. And you see, God gives this truth to us. Romans 8, 29, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Get it down and clear. The word image. The image of his son. It's talking about the express image right here. The image on a coin. Not merely a likeness or a resemblance. We're not to resemble Christ, but we are to bear his image. Hmm. We're not to resemble, but bear his image. For that to happen, all the components of the fruit of the Spirit must be present in our lives. Here's the truth. When people experience the fruit of the Spirit in their lives, they'll want to know more about God. There'll be a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. And you see, with that truth, we want to know more about Him, and then we'll understand how He enables us to be loving, to be joyful, to be patient, to be kind, to be good, to be faithful, to be gentle, to be self-controlled. And when others see the fruit of the Spirit in our life, then they may ask questions about the faith that we have in the Savior. 
First Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, that temple, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. So understand the power of the spiritual fruit, the production. Number two, why? Consider the reasons for spiritual fruit. Big emphasis upon my vision to you and our time together last Sunday afternoon was the word others. Not to be inward focused, but to be outward focused. We even demonstrated that in a circle time of prayer when we looked into the hearts of fellow believers and prayed for one another and turned around and looked out and we identified that there are people out there that need Jesus. Amen? Well, those people out there that, that need Jesus, they got needs. They've got issues. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a tree trying to eat its own fruit? No way. So we as believers don't bear spiritual fruit for our own consumption, our own selfish needs. That's one way to look at this, I believe. The fruit of the Spirit that is described for us right here that's produced in our lives is for the benefit of others. All around us, people are desperately in need of love. All around us are people desperately in need of joy and peace and gentleness. Someone to be patient with them be good to them so the fruit of the spirit enables us to meet the basic needs of others it's in every human being that God has created Galatians 6 and 10 says as we have opportunity let us do good to all you see, God wants us to produce fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can help meet the needs of others. Every human being has the same emotional needs. I tell you this, not to impress you, because it shouldn't. I have a doctor's degree in ministering to dysfunctional families. Nobody comes from a more dysfunctional family than this guy. So when I indulged in trying to figure out how to be a man of God in a dysfunctional situation, I learned some things. Some of the courses that I took were, well, they were shrink courses, I call them, you know. Those courses where you try to get inside somebody's mind and, and that kind of thing. And, but here, here's something, here's some takeaways. I don't care who you are. Everybody needs 
unconditional love and acceptance. Everybody needs encouragement. Everybody needs companionship. Somebody to talk to. Everybody needs admiration and praise. Out of boys. Everybody needs understanding. In empathy. You know when God developed empathy in this old boy? With some loppers. Took me through some trials, problems, difficulties, tribulations within my family. I would often stand to preach as I will next Lord's Day to fathers as I look back there probably were times I did it in a prideful way because my kids were spot on and everybody's you know all preachers kids and preachers and wives live in a glass house you know that I thought they were spot on. Y'all probably, the, the church probably knew differently. Is that right? I got some folks from Raymond here today. One of our children went to the far country. One of the most painful experiences that a daddy, a preacher, a Christian will ever go through. But I thank God for every moment. Because I now empathize with daddies and mamas and families that have wayward children. There are a lot of them out there. They need us. They need us to come alongside them. Number six, we need a feeling of significance and purpose. Loppers came out again. preached 30 years of senior pastor. My son was wayward. God spoke to my heart as only God can to step away from pastoring in order to get myself and my family right. And in that process I found out I had another problem. My identity was in being a pastor and not my identity in Christ. Even though I preached it, counseled with people, I had to go through some hard days understanding that God could use me to do other things. And so I taught school. I sold insurance. I wept and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not a pastor anymore. God awakened me out of my stupor. The call of God upon my life and the Spirit of God arose deep within my bosom. I led the 
assistant principal to saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, did you get fired? Not yet. I began to disciple him on the lunch hour with the James Dobson How to Raise Godly Children book. Some of the teachers got wind and joined us. Did you get fired? Not yet. I had a, a meeting with, with teachers and, and with parents. And it was, oh, it was, oh man, it was, a, it was a heartbreak meeting, I'm telling you. This mother just poured her heart out about a divorce and they moved from another state. And, oh, please don't kick my son out. And uh, he's really a good boy. And, and I'm sitting there supposed to be keeping my mouth shut. I said, ma'am, I'm not just a teacher. I'm a believer. Do you know Jesus? I got fired. No, no, I didn't get fired. I didn't get fired, but I was pulled to the side, and they said, you can't do that here. I quit. Why? Because God had a different call on my life. It was through that process then that I'd learned I could teach. I could sell insurance. But God gave me a second chance to preach again. So for the last 12 years, I've either been in evangelism or as an interim pastor. And I have significance and I have purpose. Ask yourself these questions. Do I need unconditional love, acceptance, encouragement? companionship. Are you just a lone ranger out there? Admiration, praise, understanding, empathy, this significance and purpose. And then the last one, everybody needs a sense of security and stability. The fruit of the Spirit, listen, the fruit of the Spirit enables us to meet each of these basic human needs in other people. Brothers and sisters, when someone needs love, encouragement, companionship, or whatever, he doesn't send an angel. He sends a believer. And he sends that believer who has the fruit of the Spirit. And then we're able to, to meet people's basic needs wherever God has placed you in his vineyard, be it be a teacher, be it uh, whatever your profession is, there you are, that's your significance, that is your purpose, uh, that you're meeting the basic needs of others, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, they will be drawn to Christ through you. We're to follow Christ so others will follow Christ. Listen to the words of Christ in Matthew 4 and 19. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So, simply put, if we will, he will. Follow him, he'll make you fishers of men. The fruit of the Spirit in our lives will attract others so we can lead them to, to faith in Christ. Notice, not only to meet people's needs, here you go, you ready? For reproduction. 
all fruit has seed. All fruit has seed and makes it possible to reproduce. Apples, oranges, watermelons, grapes. Let me show you how smart I am. Tomatoes. Tomatoes is a fruit, not a vegetable. Check it out. Worth an amen there, Carmen. Thank you, brother. Hey, I feel good that I learned that while I was here on this earth. Uh, tomatoes. Because they have seeds to reproduce themselves. As we allow God to, to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we become loving, we become peaceful, we become patient, we become kind, we become good, we become gentle, but he also produces the seeds that causes us to reproduce ourselves spiritually. Here's what John 15 says in verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and you should bear fruit. So how does fruit reproduce more fruit? When the seeds of the fruit are planted when they're planted, the fruit of the Spirit attracts and, and produces new believers. And the same seed is produced in them, and so the process then continues. Hello, sounds like good old evangelism to me. Can I get a witness? Reproducing ourselves. Letting the seed hear, experience Jesus in us, his image. It'll happen in our lives. It'll happen in others' lives. And the body of Christ will be blessed. And the body of Christ will grow. Number three, resist the enemy of spiritual fruit. You see, while God's trying to produce the fruit of the Spirit in us, the evil one, the enemy, Satan, the deceiver, the devil, he's trying to destroy it. He tries to destroy the fruit of the Spirit in our lives by tempting us to yield to our sinful nature, to yield to our natural desire, as Galatians 5.17 says, are against the Spirit. Peter reminds us, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom the, he may devour, resist him. And then it says, steadfast, stand fast in the faith. Every day we're tempted to yield our sinful natures. To illustrate, preacher, we're unloving. Some days we're just unloving. Some days we're disagreeable. Some days we're impatient. Some days we are rude. Some days we are mean. But if we yield to the nudging of the Spirit, 
we prevent the enemy from devouring the spiritual fruit in our lives. Listen to what happens when the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in our lives. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others. Others. Let him esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let me close. As God preached this to me this week. Here's the invitation I responded to. God help me to resist the enemy and be sensitive to the opportunities that the Holy Spirit brings into my life to produce more spiritual fruit. God, help me be more productive when the Holy Spirit reminds me to be more loving, to be more peaceful, to be more patient, to be meek. Not weak, meek. If we're filled with the Spirit, you're under His control. You're meet by Him. Be good. He's given us opportunity to do good, be good. God, help me to be gentle. Boy, that laugh, I'm just sort of still kicking the can down the road and saying, Lord, help me. self-control. Church, if we're ever going to be what God wants us to be, the image of the Lord Jesus Christ to attract others to Him, it begins in my heart and in your heart. It all begins, do you know Christ as your Savior? Do you? Are you a branch of the vine? If you are, then you're attached, you're saved. But then take it a step further, and it's called sanctification. Regeneration takes place when we accept Christ. Sanctification is that process, day in, day out, dying to my selfish desires, allowing him to be all he can be in me, so that I'm the image of Christ, so that others see Jesus in me. You apply that to yourself. You ever just got real rude, hateful, disagreeable to walk away and say, I wish I'd not said that. I wish I'd not acted. 
here's what I've learned. He'll forgive you. And you surrender to him. And, and I found out the more and more I'm honest with God about these things in my life that I struggle with, the more he empowers me not to do it again. I'll never reach perfection until I go to be with Jesus and be glorified. But while I'm here, he left me here for a purpose. I have a significance. I have something he's called me to do, and that's to point people to Jesus. Through preaching, yes, but more so walk in the Spirit. It's one thing to talk. It's another thing to walk. Amen? one thing to do that's another thing to be to be Father I pray in Jesus name you'll take the truth of your word and may the seed of your word fall upon our hearts may it fall upon fertile soil today may there be someone or several someone that we give their heart to Christ and be saved today and experience that right relationship with him like a child just ready to say Lord feed me feed me feed me Lord shape me Lord use me Lord or maybe along the way you've sort of got a deaf ear, a hard heart. God's saying to you here this morning, Lord, draw me to the cross. Draw me to where it all first began. Sweet, precious Holy Spirit of God and the truth of your word flow in me. Lord, speak. May our actions show what your spirit says into our ears. May we have spiritual ears to hear. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I invite you to come to this altar today to give your heart to Christ. I invite you to come today to pray. I ask you to be honest with God. God, I, I've not been all that I should be, but I want to be. Uh, uh, maybe you need to go to someone today. I don't, I don't know. The body of Christ only gets healthy when we're honest and transparent and authentic with each other. So as we sing, you begin to come. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou Yeah. Uh...
dismiss us in prayer. And uh, so if you have uh, someone that you'd like to come be with you for Father's Day next week, now's the time to begin to tell them there's a free gift for them. Okay? It won't be a flower, but it'll be the truth of God's Word. Okay? All right, so bring them with you next week. See you then. God, thank you for the message that you had for us this morning. Dear God, when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, dear God, we, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that on our own, dear God, we, we can't live up to those things. We can't uh, uh, fulfill that entire list. In fact, dear God, on our own, we won't even desire to fulfill that list because uh, it's contrary um, to what in our own human nature we would want. Dear God, help us to rest in, in you and to, uh, to lean into your power, lean on your power, uh, dear God, to make this list true of our lives um, so that we will be in the image of you, dear God, that, that others see and are drawn to you. In Jesus' name.